I've just had a, uh, a heaviness on my heart that um, I've just had um, a real heaviness for the church, not just Rocky Mountain Family Church, but the church worldwide, for our nation. It all starts, you know how you can read something, you know, for me, I can read something or I see something and it just starts sparking something on the inside of me toward a message or toward something in my thinking, in my spiritual thinking. So I read an article. Most of you know that I was in the Air Force. So I read an article. Anytime I see something about the Air Force, I usually, on the headlines, I'll tap on it and read it. And uh, I read this article about the Air Force Academy. They were talking about how they have a diversity and inclusion training uh, about gender neutrality and how they are teaching the cadets not to say mom and dad. Yeah, I just have to admit, I'm going to say some things that may rock the boat, but you know, there's times that the, bo the boat needs to be rocked. It just hurt my heart. You know, I, I'm an Air Force guy, and I'm not the toughest guy. We all know the Air Force is not the toughest branch in the military, okay? We, I'm, don't, I'm not going to try to... To say we're the tough ones. No, we know we're not the tough ones, I and mean, we're pretty proud of that. I feel like there needs to be a wake-up call for our nation and our church to start praying like we've never prayed before. I want the Air Force Academy to teach our cadets how to fly jets at Mach 3. I want our Army to teach our soldiers how to fight and shoot guns and drive tanks. I want our uh, Special Forces the guys to be like Jason Bourne on steroids. I don't feel like our military needs to be taught sissified, pansy stuff. And that's what I see, and I'm going to call it like I see it. If you disagree with me, that's okay. You wouldn't be the first, so I can handle disagreement. But this is what I want us to know. We have to start praying. Because I don't know about you, but the Lord reminded me, that he says, that you've depended upon the military to protect this nation. All my life, we've had the strongest military in the world. Not so much today. And even if we do, if this keeps going and keeps getting, being taught, we're going to have such sissies in the military that even though we have the weapons, nobody's going to be able to have the audacity to pull the trigger. So I just feel like the Lord says, you know, I've been reading a lot in the Old Testament, and I feel like America is, there's a lot. If you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I just see Israel just like America, how God and his, Janet was talking about how God is so loving and so gracious and so kind. And he was like that to Israel. He saw Israel keep going down the wrong road, going down roads that the bridge is out. And he would warn them and warn them and tell them, listen, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you continually do this, this is what's going to happen. And Jeremiah, bless his heart. Man, I'm so glad I'm not Jeremiah. He was always just kind of like doom and gloom, but it was like, it was the mercy of God pouring through him, trying to shake the nation. You're choosing wrong. You're choosing poorly. Look to me, God. Quit looking at these false idols and all these things. And, you know, I mean, we, we've looked to our government to do, uh, to take care of us. We look to our financial system and we look to our military to protect us. And all of those are crushing. And I believe it's a wake-up call that says, I'm the one. Not the government, not the financial system, not the military, it's me. Look to me. And I just feel like we need a wake-up. We've 
just left God out of the picture because life has been good, life has been sweet, not realizing that that's a blessing from God. And you know, I'm not a political preacher. Don't intend to be. Unless God changes me, I'm not. But at the same time, I know the Lord's saying that the culture that's in the world has crept into the church. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. And I feel like, you know, even getting left of center. You all know that I'm a grace preacher. But people have not gotten a revelation of grace. Because it's, you know, you can preach love and you can preach grace so strongly that people get the idea that it doesn't matter how we live. And that's deception. It's not grace. I see people and I hear people talk about, you know, grace and and I'm not judging, but they don't have a clue because the Bible says you'll be known by your fruit. There's a popular movement. It's called deconstruction. And that Christians need to have a deconstruction because of what the church has taught. That the church, since I was a kid, has taught, you know, so many wrong things, so many bad things. So there's a major deconstruction going on to where, you know, there's some things in the Bible that contradicts. And there's some things in the Bible that are not accurate. And there's some things in the Bible. And so what these people that are on YouTube with thousands of followers have teaching Christians literally to devalue the word of God. I can't explain everything that, you know, but I knew I can't explain one thing. It is God's word. I may not know everything and how to explain everything, but anytime, listen to me, anytime you're trying to listen to somebody and they start devaluing the word, you better turn it off. And listen, these people are so smart because I've listened to them. They are so smart, man. I tell you what, if they got in a debate with me, they would look, make me look like a chimpanzee. They are so highly intelligent, so intelligent. I couldn't debate them. But I do just know in the bottom of my heart, man, it's the word of God. And if you're trying to devalue, and people are flocking to the, and let me give you the definition of a wolf. You want to know the definition of a wolf? Anybody that attracts people to themselves, they're a sheep in wolf's clothing. You're a wolf. My job is not to draw you to me. My job is to draw you to Jesus Christ. And him alone, we can trust the word of God. There's two ditches to every road. There's a ditch of legalism where you've got to do everything right, cross every T, dot every I, or God's not going to love you. God's not going to bless you. God's not going to do that. That's a ditch on one side. But there's a ditch on the other side as well. I believe in the grace message. I believe God loves me, which is all true. But then you get in a ditch when you start believing that you can live any, other, any way that you want, accept any doctrine you want, and do anything that you want, and you know, everything's going to be okay. I will say this. God's going to love you no matter what. I said God's going to love you no matter what. No matter what ditch you're in, God will still love you. If you're not even on the road and you're going four-wheel driving, God will still love you. But this is the problem. All of the promises are yes and God's not going to withhold any promise from anybody. But this is the problem. When you start forgetting God or just living the way that you want, there will not be faith and confidence to rise up within you to grab hold of what God has already given you. That is the problem. 
Because, see, I've, I've always thought in the past that my sin or me fought, failing and falling all the time, that's what kept the promises from me. It is not. It's not. God already did. He gave it 2,000 years ago, and he's not taking anything back. That's why he said all the promises are yes and amen, but there's no but after that. It, there, it's, that's it. It's up to you and to me to have confidence and faith on the inside to believe that what he did 2,000 years ago, it's relevant and it's a done deal for me. But you cannot believe that if you're living any other way that you want. You can't. So are you saying it's works, Pastor? Not at all. It's the grace and the mercy of God. And I'm careful to say this because I know there's times in my life, oh, man. Some symptom or sickness come on. Where did I miss it? No, I must have missed it. I must have. No, that's the wrong road to go down. Because I know God is my Savior. He's my healer and he's my Lord. Do I live right? Do I sin? Yeah, all of that. But he's still my Lord and I still look to him as the author and the finisher of my faith. So I don't let the devil try to accuse me of something to think, well, that's why you're not receiving that's a lie. The only thing is, it's between my ears that's keeping me from receiving. And the thing is, when you continue to live in the ditch that, you know, I just believe in the grace of God. I just think I can do anything I want. I can do that. What happens is your heart starts to get hard and you can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you and for you to step out in faith and believe the Word of God. That's where the problem is. God's not withholding. I said he's not withholding, even in the midst of your sin. That'll rattle you both. This is a great revelation of grace. Titus 2.11. This is what it says. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. Who's that? Jesus, bringing salvation for everyone. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles, and it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. So the people who are on the ditch on the left side says, well, it doesn't matter how I live because of the grace of God. What do you say to this? What do you say to this? Grace, I've, I, I know a little bit about grace. But I've learned that grace empowers Mike Davis to do what I need to do. And it doesn't become a work or performance. It's his grace. Paul said it, but we don't understand it. He said, I've worked harder than all the other apostles before me. Woo! Put a feather in my cap. But this is what he said. He said, yet it wasn't I. It was the grace of God in me. So he said, therefore, I cannot boast. I can't boast. Because it was the grace of God that was doing the work. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it is not 
I that liveth, it is Christ in me. I just feel like, you know, church people, especially church people, and I'm not speaking or judging anybody. If you feel condemned, forgive me. It's because of my lack of communication. You do not need to feel condemned. My job and my goal was just to, man, let's wake up and let's pray and let's believe God. And if you're starting to turn left to center, let's get back in the center of the road and let's believe God. Let's pray for our nation. Thank God, you know, those voting guides back there, it tells you what each candidate stands for. And some of them stand for ungodly principles, which means you should not be voting for them. I don't care what or how you were raised or what you think. Well, I'm this and I'm that. The first thing you are is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing. And then, you know, just like the culture creeps in the world and and tries to tell everyone, well, we have to cater to this, we have to cater to that. You know, you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a big thing. People can disagree with me, and people can disagree with you. And But what I see in church, not this church, but, well, some of this church, that when people disagree is then you're canceled, just like the world. Thank God he, he's not like that. People disagree with God, and, and he just keeps loving them. Just like Janet said, he'll keep chasing you down. He can keep chasing you down. He will never say, okay, I've had enough with you. The number one thing Jesus said, the world's going to know that you're disciples, followers of Jesus. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. He didn't give 10 lists. He said, there's only one thing. When you show that you love one another, the world's going to know you're my disciple. The church is far from that. And we want to reach the world. Dear Lord, we're having trouble loving our brothers and sisters. (laughs) Oh, now you can see why this was heaviness on my heart. If you're visiting, you probably should come back another time as well and give me. Anyway. I just see. And there's been times in the last, since COVID, lethargicness even in me, lethargic in church people, lethargic just people like, oh, wow, we're just all floating down a lazy river. And I just feel like God's saying, That river will take you to a destination you do not like. Man, if you're trusting the election, if you're trusting the financial system, if you're trusting the military, woe be unto us. We can't. Yes, you should vote. Yes, you should invest. Yes, Pray for the military. Thank God for our military. I'm not demeaning them. I'm just saying, I'm not going to put my trust. Some tr- This is what it says in Exodus. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. What was he saying? Some trust in the natural things to protect them. But he turns around and says, I'm going to put my trust in God. We have to get back to the basics of just trusting God for everything in our life. You may have a great job and you may be 
highly invested and you may be well taken care of, but honey, you better trust in God and not your finances. I'm a firm believer in investing. I are one. But we have to trust God. I'm a firm believer in doctors, but I tell you what, you better trust God when it comes to healing. Doctors can't heal everything. Thank God they, we, they can help you. But, man, we have to trust God. And when is that going to happen? When you, they say you got cancer? No, start trusting God if you got a headache, if you got a toe ache, if your knee's hurting you, your back's hurting you. Trust God then. Don't wait till you're flat on the back and the doctor gives you a, oh, man, I tell you, and starts shaking his head. Trust him. And I said this to somebody, I think to two or three somebodies. This is my opinion. Do you understand that? That means that I didn't get this out of the word of God. I didn't see an angel. It's Mike Davis, what he thinks. It's going to get good news before I end. For those who are thinking about leaving, I feel like there's quite a few Christians around the world that are just tiring, tired of hearing Another message. I believe in the gospel, obviously, the good news and preaching and teaching, or I wouldn't be up here today. But at the same time, I just have a sense. I just feel that the church world is just tired of hearing good messages. So they quit church. They're tired of just like, oh, yeah, especially if you're raised in church. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And then you get to a point where it's just like water off a duck's back. It's just another good message. I believe in good messages. I do my best to, to preach them. But in my opinion, my opinion, the church world, I'm not even talking about the world that doesn't even believe in God. I'm talking about the church world. Something has got to change. And I feel like what needs to happen for that change to take place and to changing lives and changing cities is one thing. The supernatural power of God to be manifested where it can't be denied. It can't be denied. For words of knowledge and gifts of the Spirit to be in operation to the, great, to, to the degree that even church people think that was God. That was God. Where it can't be denied. I believe that, in my opinion, I believe that's the only thing that's going to just wake up the church world. And then we can start focusing on the world. There has to be an awakening up or else we'll just, I just feel like, you know, there's lots of churches that are filled to capacity. But then when they leave, everything is left at the church and they just go about their daily lives just like the rest of the world. Trusting, depending, and relying upon the way the world does. It should not be so. Because there could come a time when Psalms 91 does have to be acted upon, where a thousand can fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, and you have to believe it shall not come nigh unto me. In Acts chapter 17, the religious people, the government people, and everybody started, they wanted to lock up the disciples because they heard what happened. Every time these guys went from city to city, and this is what they said. These people have come here to turn the world upside down. Really, to turn the world right side up. But that was their opinion, to turn it upside down. What am I saying? That should be the testimony of people here in Pueblo, Colorado. 
That should be the testimony of the people of the state of Colorado. That should be the testimony of the United States of America. That Christians are turning cities upside down because of the power of God. I'm preaching this, and this is where the gospel, the good news, comes in. You're empowered to do that. Not the preachers. The preachers as well, but you're empowered. The believers in the church, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, are empowered, have been given grace. Jesus said, I believe it's in 1 John 4, 17, that it says we should walk even as he walked. Jesus said, the things that I've done shall you do also. And greater things. We live in a day where the greater things have to be manifested so there can be a transformation. Or else we're just going to keep playing church. I don't know about you. But I'm tired of playing church. Let's sing three songs. Let's have a good message. Let's all love and hug each other and see you next Sunday. I hate puke, but I mean, this is what puke is all about. You know, everybody knows the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing and the same thing, hoping for different results. And I believe the church has been doing that for decades. We're hoping. Our city will be changed. We're hoping that our loved ones will be changed. We're hoping that our nation will get back to God. I don't know about you, but man, I'm only 63, but I didn't think I would ever live in a nation that stuff is going on today. It's just crazy. The world has gone crazy. And the only way to stop that craziness is the power of God. It's the power of God. So we can't just... Say good words. I believe in the gospel and preaching. Don't get me wrong. It's the gospel that changes. But there has to be a manifestation of his power. It's going to show people that he truly loves. You can tell people to your blue in the face, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Whatever. But when they see their child laying in a hospital, that the doctor says they have six months to live, that's where they want Jesus to step into the room. That needs to be done. And the church is not really having an expectation for that to happen. God lets you and I have a free choice. If you're fine with him not invading your life, that's the way. He's just like that. But, man, when we start saying, no, God, I want you in my life. I want to see my city change. I want to see my husband change. I want to see my wife change. I want to see me change. I want to see people change. I'm just yielding, submitting to you, God, and I desire to see a change. I want to see the power, the supernatural power of God, and I'm not going to be satisfied until I do. I'm just saying, I want to see it. I want to see miracles. I want to see people healed. I want to see people raised from the dead. He said, well, you're getting a little radical. That's what they said about Jesus. That's what they said about the disciples. It's going to take radical to get, is the world gone radical? Let me just say this. You think just to compensate what the world is going on, you know, let's just be nice. Let's just be sweet. No, man, there's got to be some, if the world has gone off the scale and they're radical, everything, on a scale of 1 to 10, they're like 900 then we need, this is what the Bible says. Jesus believes this. 
So why can't we believe what Jesus said? Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. But we don't have that mentality. Where sins abound, oh, everybody's going to hell. The, hell, the world is crazy. Jesus Christ is crazy. That's not what's going to get anything done. What's going to get it done is the world is just going crazy. And I tell you what, I am going to believe God that grace is far greater than any sin, than any craziness that's going on on this planet. It's far greater. It's far greater. All things are possible to him that believes. So I'm preaching this, and this is about all I'm going to say. It's time for us to wake up and believe the supernatural. We have to believe. But, Pastor, what, what, what if we pray and, and it doesn't happen and they die? I know this is crude, but I like what one minister said. I'll step over him and pray for the next one. I know. People from Kentucky can understand that, but maybe you can't. But anyway, you just keep, you just keep believing you just keep believing. I prayed for 900 people, and all of them, did, not one of them got healed. You pray for 900 more. You pray, and you keep believing. And you don't be satisfied and say, Satan, you, you know what? I'm not going to give up. I have the patience of God in me. And so, therefore, I am not going to get. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep praying. And I am going to see the supernatural power of God in my life, not just Oh, you know, they're over there. They're super saint. You know, the power of God's not for super saints. If God was waiting on perfect people to be so he could flow through him, he might as well button this up and call it good because there's nobody qualified. I said there's nobody qualified. You name the, the greatest person, Billy Graham, oh, he was flawed. Andrew Walmack, Brother Hagen, we're all flawed and we all have issues. Nobody's perfect. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why we have a Savior. And the great thing is he lives in an imperfect vessel to manifest his perfect will, his perfect healing, his perfect goodness, his perfect love. That's why we need him. Man, if you're waiting on Mike Davis, good luck. You got to believe him. Christ in me. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. Well, I know this was a little bit of a somber message. It was somber to me. But I just want us to be shaken up. It's just like when I was reading. You know, I've been reading Jeremiah, and you think, man, they kept messing up. and kept The prophet would prophesy and say, if you do this, and it's like, whew, it just went in one ear and out the other. And he would do it again. And he would do it again. And then they would say, you keep talking like that, we're going to lock you up. They locked him up. They mistreated him. They beat him. They did everything. He got out. And the mercy of God spoke through him again. If you don't change your ways, if you don't believe God, I went, wow. And he said, that, he got so discouraged, he says, I'm just not going to say anything. And then he said, after a while, he didn't. And then he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. He says, I got to say it. I got to say it. What was that? It's the love of God. It's the mercy of God. God was saying, the bridge is out. The bridge is out. Don't keep going that way. 
What God wants you and I to know is this. Not so much that the bridge is out. He's saying, I'm ready to perform and manifest my love in Pueblo, Colorado. In the state of Colorado. In the nation of the United States. In Saudi Arabia. In Israel. You name it. God is, he is waiting on people to rise up and say, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that lays hands on the sick and they recover. I want to be the person who speaks to a fig tree and, and it gets and it dies and withers up. I want to be one who speaks to the winds and the waves, and they calm and it's a sea of glass. I want to be that. If you don't desire that, that's fine. God still loves you. You there's many people and listen. Don't point the finger to anybody who disagrees or believes something different. There's people that don't believe in healing. There's people. The Lord has taught me this. Oh, man, he slapped me upside the head because I would say, you know, that preacher, he's preaching this. And I can't believe you in it. And the Lord just told me, he says, you shut up. I can use whoever. If I can use a donkey, I can use any preacher, any person, no matter what they believe. If they don't believe like you, Mike, I can still use them. Contrary to your understanding, I can still use them. So just get off your pious, righteous horse. Self-righteousness is always a stench to God. So don't think you're, oh, we're up here. They don't believe this. God's going to use us because they don't believe this. Oh, really? Says who? I believe God's going to use every church in the city of Pueblo. I believe he's going to use everybody from a Catholic to a Methodist to a Presbyterian to a, yeah, even people like Rocky Mountain Family Church. I believe he can use anybody because he's God. Let's stand. That's why we can love everybody because they're a contestant for God to use. They're a child for God to use. Amen? So I hope this message has stirred you up to believe. Stirred you up to believe. Let's not just be settled for, oh, Pastor, that was such a good message. Oh, God bless you. See you next week. Let's believe God for the supernatural. So today, we're going to do, take up the offering and everything. But after the offering, we're going to open up the aisle. The aisle. The altar. The aisle will be open too. But we're going to open up the altar for people to come and just pray. If you need a miracle, come and pray. If you want to just pray, if this message just slapped you upside the head, <laughs> come and pray. Man, it's time for us to pray, man. If, if we, I'm serious. We cannot rely upon the United States military to protect us. We cannot rely upon our government to do the right things. Dear Lord, what is it? how many trillions we are in debt? It's just mind-boggling. But if you write a hot check, you're going to jail. But anyway, my point is this. <laughs> my point is, that was sarcasm and truth. It's true. You're, you will go to jail. But the, the government can, has been writing hot checks for decades. But, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. It can't continue. But the good news is we have a God that will take care of us if everything crashes. We have a God that will take care of us if every nation in the world shoots a nuke right in Pueblo, Colorado. We'll be protected. We have a God. If you believe in the supernatural, if you're trusting the government, if you're trusting the military, I'll see you in heaven. 
Are you hearing me? Rocky Mountain Family Church, God loves us. He loves us. He's just saying, it's time. It's time. It is time for us to believe. For us to start believing. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, this was a heavy message on me. I believe because it was a heavy message on your heart. You love us so much. You care for us so much. You want the blessings to be manifested so much. You want every single person to be healed. You want every single person to be prosperous. You want every single person to be blessed. You want every person to know that they are truly a child of Almighty God. So, Father, we come today saying, use us. We're saying, manifest your love through the supernatural. Manifest, not just because, oh, yeah, the power of God's flowing. No, it's because you love people. Miracles need to happen because you love people. The supernatural power of God needs to be manifested because there's nothing else that can fix our problems. We've been looking for everything to get a fix. Nothing can fix us, God. Nothing but your power, your love. So today, we come to you in our unfaithfulness, in our unbelief, in our lack of trust. We throw ourselves on the altar and say, we haven't trusted you, we haven't believed in you, we haven't been faithful to you. So we stand on one thing. We stand on your faithfulness. We stand on your faith. We stand on your love. We stand on your trust. Because there's such a lack of that going on in the nation, in the world. So we come to the faithfulness of God. We come to the faithfulness of Almighty God. Thank you for being faithful, for never giving up. In Jesus' name. Amen.